It's time once again, Jamsters, for us to pop into the trade machine and see what comes out the other side when we talk about the contract that is Chris Paul. Chris Paul trade machine. That's what we're discussing on this edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast. It's a series that you're going to get every Monday, uh, pretty much until we hit July. Because once July hits, boom, shakalaka, whoop, whoop, there it is. The trades will start happening. Free agency will be delved into. And the draft is coming in a couple weeks as well. Although we don't know necessarily how it's going to affect the Phoenix Suns. We'll do a draft preview and get you ready for that 50-second pick and just tell you to keep on your toes because the Phoenix Suns have plenty of assets that have the possibility of bringing in multiple assets. When you talk about DeAndre Ayton, when you talk about Chris Paul's contract, these are things that you can utilize to try to fill out your roster with quality, quality individuals. So Matthew, as we begin to delve into the trade machine again, Scotty don't. Scotty, don't. <laughs> That's what we do, Jancers, before uh, the podcast. We do a lot of impressions. <laughs> I sit around and I talk like Dr. E. <laughs> here, we, here we go again, though. But Chris Paul this time. Not Landry Shamit. I know we started off with a little bit of a firecracker in Landry Shamit, but Chris Paul's a real deal. Yes. This is going to be probably a real move. So we have some interesting ideas. And mine won't be as far out of left field as last time, but I'm excited to get into this, man. Yeah, this is fun because like we mentioned beforehand, when you talk about the Landry Shamit contract, it really is by itself something that is hard to trade. There's no one out there who's lining up, knocking at a door and being like, hey, Scotty, can I get can I get Landry Shamit? No, no one wants Landry Shamit. He's a good connector contract. When you talk about Chris Paul, albeit the fact that he's a 38-year-old point guard, he does bring with him some prestige, some cerebral play, and some guidance for potentially a, a team that is looking for that. He also has a contract that can't that does expire at the end of next year. So if you're looking for a salary dump situation where a team is like, listen, I want to get rid of a couple assets. Best way to do that, bring in Chris Paul. It's going to benefit me for a year. And then when it's all said and done, boom, he's gone. That's a possibility. That's what Oklahoma City did with Chris Paul, what, four years ago? And he's still out there playing. Yeah, we talked about weeks ago how this might not be interesting for anybody to actually pick him up. But the more and more you look at these teams and the players on the teams, some superstars that might want to leave, some teams might just want Chris Paul for the experience. Some coach might want him just, you know, just to lead the team on the court. Some coach that left Phoenix, who knows? Oh, <laughs> you know, okay. There's okay. there's there's some teams out there. You go through the list. And if I was one of those teams, I'd be like, you know what? It'd be nice to have a Chris Paul. Look what he did in Phoenix. I know he's older, but in a backup position, he could probably do the same exact thing he did to Phoenix and lead us to the playoffs. Because 16 teams make the playoffs. That's what he t- told Devin yeah. Booker. It's not hard to make the playoffs. 16 teams make the playoffs. And now it's 20. Yeah, you just, need a, you just need a solid leader to be mm-hmm. there to help. And you're right, because again, going back to Landry Shamit, you really had to think of the psychology of the opposing team and say, like, what in God's name would make them ever want Landry Shamit? Outside of Monty Williams being the head coach <laughs> yeah. of Detroit and being like, I want my son yeah. to come with me, Scotty do. But, <laughs> but, but with Chris Paul, there's so many more options and that's going to make this fun. So we got plenty to talk about on this edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast. We're going to talk about CP3 trades. We're going to talk about Kevin Young and David Fisdale coming on as coaches with this team at the back end. We're going to talk about LeBron to the Mavs. We're going to talk about the finals. A lot to cover 
on this edition of the Suns Jam Session Podcast. So make sure you subscribe, rate, and review wherever you're consuming this content. Head over to Twitter. Give us a follow at Suns Jam. You can follow me at Darth Voida. You can follow Matthew. At Matthew Lissy. You can read my writing at brightsideofthesun.com. And this is a reminder for all of our Arizona Sun supporters that we have a fantastic deal for you from Caesar Sportsbook that you won't want to pass up. New customers can get $1,250 in bonuses on their first bet at Caesars. All you have to do is sign up with our code, SUNSJAMFULL. If you use our promo code, SUNSJAMFULL, you will not only have your first bet insured, but you also directly be supporting the show. So if you haven't already, sign up for Caesar Sportsbook. Use our promo code SUNSJAMFULL and place that first wager. Remember that this offer is only accessible to new customers who are 21 years of age or older and physically present in Arizona. Please play responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP if you or a loved one has a gambling issue. The complete terms can be found in the podcast description. Scotty, don't bet if Scotty can't handle betting. So on that note, Moscow Mules, man, still on this kick. I got the fever tree still on the kick. Dude, yeah. I haven't let him go. So fever tree instead of Bundaberg. Fever tree got a little bit more of a kick. You know, let me, you know, it's got a little bit more of the gingery spice. If you, it's ginger spice. If it was a spice. Girl. Is that what it has? Okay. Yeah. Whereas yeah, Bundaberg's, a, Bundaberg's a little bit more smooth. God, that's like perfect. So let's talk about uh let's talk about training Chris Paul. Scotty do. season is not had his contract guaranteed as of yet but if and when it does happen it's going to go for 30.8 million dollars matthew that is 14.83 percent of the team's cap and 22.99 percent of the league cap so it's definitely one of those contracts that is tradable uh, for multiple assets and the phoenix suns have to explore that when they begin to go down this mode of thinking, when you have James Jones and you have Matt Ishbia, who, you know, we know, and, and again, we'll talk about it at the back end of the podcast when it comes to David Fisdale, when it comes to Kevin Young, that Matt Ishbia is not afraid to spend money. But that being said, it's irresponsible to have four $30 million or more contracts on your roster. So question number one, before we even start to bring up these multiple trades, from a from an odds standpoint, Matthew, what do you think there's a higher chance of odds occurring this upcoming season? That Chris Paul is rostered with the Phoenix Suns or DeAndre Ayton is? I think Chris Paul, for sure, coming back. Um, now I say maybe DA. I think it's now, now, Can I be now honest? Okay, 100%. Yeah, I just say it's 50-50 now. I know we wanted them both gone, but now with the new coaching staff we'll talk about later, it gives an opportunity maybe for a fresh start for DA. Chris Paul maybe coming back. Looks a little bit more risky because of the contract, and you want to get a little bit younger. Um, point guard might be not might not be an issue with Kevin Durant and Devin Booker now. Um, so yeah, you know I'm gonna go Chris Paul not coming back. Bigger chance that happens in DA actually staying. I agree. I think if you were to put a a percentage on it, I say there's a 75 percent chance that DeAndre Ayton returns next season, and a 25 percent chance that Chris Paul returns. I think that it makes more sense for Phoenix to move on from Chris Paul. When you look at DeAndre Ayton, 
good, bad, or indifferent. He's a young, versatile center who has multiple years left on his contract, who's going to have an entirely new structure around him. And again, you utilize the word irresponsible. It would be somewhat irresponsible for the Phoenix Suns to go, you know what, we're just going to give up on him completely. He's somebody who, outside of Igor Kokoshkov in his first year, his rookie season, has only had Monty Williams. Monty Williams, for some reason, didn't vibe with him, if you will, the same way that he didn't vibe with Matt Ishbia. So Monty Williams is gone. He's making gazillion, gazillion, $100 million over with the Detroit Pistons. And you have DeAndre Ayton, who, if the system is right around him, if you have somebody like a Frank Vogel and a David Fisdale and a Kevin Young to coach him up and to empower him within the confines of the offense that they're going to institute, you every day and twice on Sunday should choose DeAndre Ayton over Chris Paul. I th- I just think that's the responsible move. If you had to choose between the two, if you go one of these guys has to stay, I say it's DA. Chris Paul, it doesn't make sense. You have an aging point guard who has a contract that expires next year. So why not at this point, prior to his contract expiring, the last chance you have to squeeze some value out of the asset that is Chris Paul, you have to maximize that, uh, that opportunity, right? Yeah, you do. Um, no matter what we go through with this guy, there's still another opportunity. And, it's a lot of money he's making, right? But then you think about who's going to replace him. It would have to just be pretty much a nobody at the center position. And if you want potential, you have DA still. So throw out everything the last five seasons that we talked about with him. If it, if he comes back, it's a new fresh start. I'm not going to listen to anything he says in the, with the media, anything he show talks about, about himself. Just show me, but that's going to be for another day for sure. But right that's now, cool. I'm just hoping that whoever, you know, with these guys coming in and whoever they do keep, which is more likely DeAndre Ayton, mm-hmm. they have a they have some kind of an offense run for him, something that can get him more involved to like amp him up a little bit, bring the energy out of him that we saw like two years ago. You know what I mean? That might happen. It's a possibility. Or he can just be happy making his money and none of this matters. Well, and that's that's gonna be the ultimate test. And and we're obviously getting way ahead of ourselves because trade machine DeAndre Ayton is a is a whole nother podcast. And I have some thoughts on how they should navigate that this upcoming season. But let's focus on Chris Paul. As I mentioned beforehand, once his contract is guaranteed, it's $30.8 million. And it's something that, as again, as we mentioned, it has a lot of value on the market. It doesn't, it, it's, it's not top tier value, right? It's not like you're trading a Devin Booker uh, or a DeAndre Ayton. DeAndre Ayton has more value, in my opinion, than Chris Paul does. And that's why you hold on to him. Chris Paul is old and and he does break down and you have to look at it as, as the team who is making the trade that you need Chris Paul as, as much as he needs you again, going back to the Landry sham at trade machine mode of thinking, there's nobody who's lining up and there's nobody who it makes sense to go. Yeah, I want Landry. Whereas Chris Paul, as we, as we mentioned before, there, there's plenty of reasons to want him on your team, right? As we mentioned leadership, uh, a contract dump, you can take a couple of your contracts that are potentially expiring next year and get value for them as well while you're bringing in a proven leader, a proven cerebral point guard, somebody who is a, a coach amongst men, somebody who can, is a leader on the court and can provide you value consistently. So as I started to put together some of these trades, I found this obviously to be a lot easier than doing Landry Shamit, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. It just clicked right away. I think I spent maybe doing the trades. You know, you go through, you look at each team, you're like, that makes sense. All right. Oh, that worked. Perfect. About five minutes, a little bit of notes here or there, but it seriously took me like five minutes to find good trades. That makes sense for both sides. I really think, I think if that were to happen, be like, Whoa, what really? But you're like, 
okay, I guess that makes sense. Those that's, those are my thoughts. A lot of these teams out there need a daddy, and Chris Paul is the daddy for sure. <laughs> He's just out there. He's going to slow the, the game down for a lot of these younger teams and make every game count. Just so, you know, they can finish around 500. Maybe not make the playoffs, but they can finish around 500, maybe get the play in, and just have a future at these, these destinations I'm going to bring up. All right, so where do we want to start? Do you want to go first? Should I go first? You go first, all right? Okay, you so okay, so the first one I'm going to do, I'll, I'll start where on with something I mentioned on the last podcast, right? Again, it's summertime. A lot of us are picking up the controllers because we don't spend a lot of time watching the Suns anymore, and we're playing a lot more 2K. And one thing that I did as the manager of the Suns this offseason in 2K was I looked to trade Chris Paul, and I looked to trade DeAndre Ayton to see what kind of assets existed. One of the ones that existed, and it's the one I'm going to bring up, was sending Chris Paul and Cameron Payne to the Pelicans for C.J. McCollum and Kyra Lewis Jr. Now, you can do Chris Paul for C.J. McCollum straight up, and there's some reasons why I think that this could exist. First and foremost, C.J. McCollum hasn't necessarily fit in the way that they want, uh, they, they've wanted him to in New Orleans. The other side of this is, you know, it's, it's a homecoming for Chris Paul at the back end of his career. But C.J. McCollum last season, 20.9 points per game. He ended up shooting 38.9% from beyond the arc, played in 75 games. He was around a lot, but very turnover pre- uh, heavy. The most turnovers of his career outside of his third season, he had 2.4 turnovers. He had moments where in the clutch, he just didn't cut it. And, and when you look at the assets that they have on that team, Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram, uh, other guys, you know who I'm saying, Herbie Louis Jr. and all that fun oh, stuff. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, they they have a very, very bright future team. If you give them a Chris Paul asset for a year, it allows them to move off of the three-year $35.8 million contract that is C.J. McCollum, and it allows them to bring in a leader who can help that team get to the next level. Thoughts on this? And I threw in Cameron Payne and Kara Lewis Jr. just because I was bored. You yeah. don't need those. You don't necessarily need those parts. <laughs> the fact that you throw Cameron Payne in there, I'm kind of excited. My fucking um, Payne. <laughs> I, I do. I do absolutely love this. I think when you brought it up on the 2K one, I'm like, you know what? I like that for both sides. I don't think CJ is huge, but he is going to be better than what we have with Chris Paul and Cameron Payne. Um, he's a perfect third guy, I think, next to Book and KD. And Book is basically turning into a point guard in a way. He's going to handle the ball a lot more, KD too. Um, but Book is just, he's turning into that guy. I think the point guard we have of the future is not going to be someone you think. I think it's going to be someone that's going to be more of a shooter, maybe more of a defensive-oriented guy. Nothing that's going to be like, you know, a lot of us want like kind of like, I don't know, like the John Morantz or, you know, not yeah, as good. You, you but don't just, need him on this team, right? You know, the the, the, the dominate, the ball dominant guys. And we don't need that. We just need some guys just to kind of fill the spot. So CJ would be perfect. It's a big contract, but I think they would go well with those two dudes. The Book of John says that's a great deal, but I doubt the Pelicans would go for it, as do I. That's why it's my first trade <laughs> that I thought I'd lead off with. I think it's a deal that both teams benefit. But again, why would you? Upgrade again, unless they're trying to move off of, and you have to think of this, right? Maybe they're trying to move off of that CJ money because they want Zion. They got Brandon Ingram. Like with the new CBA, there's other teams out there too that are going to try to move off some money. So if you can bring in CP3 for one year, then get rid of his contract, you don't have to pay the two additional years that is CJ McCollum's contract. You go, you know what? Phoenix, you deal with it. 
Yeah, you you take it over. And honestly, remember doing the subreddit stakeout? Mm, a lot of those fans those. just could not stand CJ most yes. of the time. I feel That's like right. Part of the reason I I brought this up because they every <laughs> they like stand the dude. Now the funny thing is, if you put that on out there on Twitter and you just go, "Hey, check out this trade," everyone in New Orleans is like, "Stupid!" He's like, "Yeah, but like I know you guys. You hate CJ McCall. Yeah, you're not gonna win with CJ. Come on, yeah, you, you know that. You I think it's a lateral man. We're talking right. them into it right now. The ones that are listening, they're like, "All right, you know what." Let's get CP3. Let's let's get that billboard ready. Bring him back. Bring him I'll back. Send send him back to New Orleans. Yeah, what do you got? What's your first what's your first trade, Matthew? Walk us through this one. All right. So this one is Monty goes to Detroit and then now he has Chris <laughs> Paul there. This is actually kind of interesting cuz Bojan Bogdanovich, one of the Bogdanoviches we talk about every trade deadline. Should we get him? Oh, here he is. We got him and Killian Hayes coming to the Phoenix Suns for Chris Paul. I don't I looked up Killian Hayes. First thing he says is Killian Hayes, is he good? I don't know. Stats wise, it looked like a better year. He has improved every year. He'd be a good backup point guard, pretty decent. Boyan, of course, you can even put him in the starting lineup if you want at the three, coming off the bench. Good score. That'd be good for the Suns. What the Pistons need if they have Chris Paul, they have Jordan Ivey or Jaden Ivey right now next to Cade mm-hmm. Cunningham. That's a good backcourt. Chris Paul, to me, in a lot of these trades, he's going to be the backup point guard, the backup guard, the leader. And I, I think that's a perfect spot for him to go with Monty and just help that team win some games and get him on the right track. So I kind of like it for the Suns. What do you guys, what do you, what do you think? I like it. I actually think that's a quality trade. I mean, Bojan Bogdanovich is making $20 million next year. He's a partially guaranteed contract the next year for 19 million. And then he's an unrestricted free agent in 2025. Killian Hayes is kind of like what's happened, as we mentioned before, with the process in uh, Philadelphia, where they drafted some guys when they were at the top of the lottery, and not all the guys worked out. And I feel like Killian Hayes is one of those guys just hasn't worked out for him. For whatever reason, he's he's been very turnover-heavy, uh, turnover-prone. Um, he's somebody who I know that back when the draft was happening in 2021, you and I were kind of high on him before he went seventh overall to the Pistons. But 10.3 points per game last season, 6.2 assists, uh, 56 games play uh, started out of 76 total games. He, he's very, very low field goal percentage. That That's the big thing yeah. with Killian Hayes. He shoots 37.7% from the field, and he's a career 27.4 three-point shooter. So essentially what you're doing is you're saying, hey, Chris Paul's gone. You bring in Bo, Bojan Bogdanovic. He becomes your two guard coming off of the bench behind uh, Devin Booker, which I absolutely love him in that role. And Killian Hayes is, uh, hey, we're going to bring him in. And if he if he's our backup to the backup point guard, you just kind of live with it, right? Yeah, it's kind of like the TJ Warren thing. You throw him in there with KD. I'm not, I'm not saying Bojan is any KD, but you just throw in the guy. It's like, oh, you know what? I'm kind of excited. The other guys you get, the additions. Let's see what they're made of. And it's not going to be much, but it's just a guy you can throw in there to make the contracts work. And yeah, I agree. And it, it does work. Uh, he did. He again, with the 6.2 assists last season, he had 2.3 turnovers. So that's a 2.7 assist to turnover ratio. Isn't horrible. But again, if this is your backup to the backup, potentially you're not even seeing him based on how the, the Suns uh, roster construction goes. And on the Detroit side, again, Monty Williams knows him. Monty Williams loves him. Monty Williams says, hey, next to Cade Cunningham, next to Jaden Ivey, I'm bringing in CP3 to provide these two young, budding potential superstars with some leadership and guidance, and that's going to be the role that he plays. I can see this being a win. 
I can see. I like. I like. I like this trade, Matthew. You like my first one? I should have yeah. said this last because the other yeah. two get a little crazy, a little no, wonky. Just, just one of them. Well, though. my second trade is much akin to my first. It's the CP3 reunion tour. Okay, and my first one, I'm <laughs> sending it back to New Orleans. In my second one, I'm sending it back to the Los Angeles Clippers, and I'm saying, hey, you get CP3, we get Rocco, and we get Norman Powell. Period. End of discussion. Norman Powell, 18 million a year over the next three years, uh, or not over the three years, per year, every year, next three years. And then Rocco is on a $11.6 million contract for one more year. What this does, if you can do it, again, you send CP3 back to LA to go where he spent the majority of his glory years, and you get two quality wing defenders that would do nothing but fortify the depth for the Phoenix Suns. Norman Powell, we know him well. He's the guy who, when Kawhi Leonard went out this past uh, postseason, he's the guy who took the basketball and said, you know what? If there's no CP or if there's no Kawhi Leonard, I'm going to be that guy. He had 42 points in game three. He had 27 in the final game, game five of overall for the playoffs. He ended up averaging this season 21.8 points. Now, granted, during the season, different story, um, you know, 17 points a game, eight games started out of 60 coming off the bench. The real surprise was the fact that the the Clippers didn't play Robert Covington hell nearly at all. I mean, you look at his his playoff performance. He only played in two games. He played a, a total of 12 minutes. He didn't score a point this part this postseason. But I'm telling you, if you are a, a, a veteran fan of the NBA, you know that Rocco brings some versatility and some depth that can be beneficial for your team. He's, he's not the greatest player, but he does provide some of that defensive three and D presence that the Phoenix Suns need uh, a career 36.2% three point shooter. Matthew thoughts on Chris Paul for Rocco and Norman Powell. Well, the Suns side, I think it's perfect. I mean, you get some guys that are just give you some spunk I love it. It's a perfect kind of addition of just like the faces, the body language, the toughness you kind of need on the team. I like that part. Whatever the Clippers are getting in Chris Paul, I don't think they would like. Um, I don't know what, because there's just so much talk about how much money they are already paying those two other guys. You know what I mean? So I would, if that happened, that's a huge win for the It's song. a huge win. I absolutely a- love that And one. AJW in the chat, I don't know why the Clippers would do this though. Welcome to how I build my trades. I'm clearly a Suns fan. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone, I'm like, well, they could go for yeah. it. You know, they you need never a, know. You know, you got Kawhi Leonard, you got Paul George, just give them CP3 a game manager and just see if it works. I don't know. They all they sit don't. out all season long. Yeah, yeah John know? Nelson, they don't need a point guard. I know, I tried. Matthew, give us your all second right. one. All right, second one is Chris Ooh. Paul to the Cavaliers, and we get Cal- Karis LeVert. Karis LeVert, I think, is a Jamster favorite, Jam Session favorite. Yes, we do like right? Karis he here. Is, I think he would be a perfect third guy next to Devin Booker and KD. I think he'd be a perfect guy that can just be selfish in a way, score when he wants, um, not really facilitator, but just a scorer. I think this guy plays absolutely out of his mind at some times. He can win a game for you. Chris Paul going to the Cavs would be a great addition to that backcourt. Just giving them some, again, guidance. Donovan Mitchell, um, not Sexton, geez, Darius Garland. Mm-hmm. Those two just need a little bit of leadership. That team needs some leadership. Chris Paul would be a perfect fit for there. Chris, Ricky Rubio was there, was their backup, was injured a lot. Chris Paul goes there. 
He's an upgraded Ricky Rubio. The contract, I guess you can just take it on. Karis Levert contract. That's a lot of money. So I don't and I was gonna ask you really quick too. Why does it say LeBron after why does it say LeBron right so, there after like the point guard? So on on Fanspo, they have a metric, and as you can see, it says on the bottom it says luck adjusted player estimate using a box prior regularized on off. And that okay. becomes LeBron. So essentially what they did is they made up a metric and then they called it LeBron. Okay. I was just wondering. I'm like, yeah, did he, it, does he own these guys too or something? I don't know. It's it's a fan spo thing. So yeah. not really sure why. But yeah. I definitely, I like that one. I mean, it's just another guy. I don't think Levert's too crazy, but he's he's a guy that can win you a couple games in the season. He can be pretty even killed throughout. Yeah. You know, I think with, with Karis Levert, He's somebody who essentially kind of got played off the court in in Cleveland, right? I mean, they're a team that didn't necessarily need his services as the season progressed. Uh, he played in 74 games last season, but he only started 30 of them. And 39.2%, you know, he, he's one of those guys who isn't a great defender. Oh. But as you mentioned, he is somebody who can score. And if you put him next to... If he's your three guard, right? You got KD playing the four, he play, him playing the three, and Devin Booker playing the two. Yeah, it's it's an offensively, it is a a viable scoring threat and a, a roster that you look at and you're kind of scared of. But again, I think defensively is kind of why he was played off the court. And Cleveland is a team that has a defensive mindset, and they moved they moved off of him. Um, looking at his pull that pull up his contract one more time. It's 28 point. What? 28. Oh, yeah. Hold on. Sorry. I was. Oops. So, I already gave away my second one. Whoa, my third so, one. My bad. So, so 28 one, but it says he's a UFA. So that would have to be a sign and trade. Okay. So he's going to be an unrestricted free agent. So the only way this one works invalid is if Karis Levert gets a sign and trade with the Cavaliers. I'm with you. I, I like. There's my one invalid. There you go. Well, you get one a pod. So and good. someone actually said, uh, here, hold on. <laughs> Mark N says, no way Cavs deal with Suns. Yeah, Matt Eshby and Dan Gilbert hate oh, each other. Oh, yeah. They yeah, absolutely there's... hate each other. They even he even talked about it on the podcast with yeah. Bill Simmons. Tisk, so tisk. that's not going to happen. Double so, invalid. Man, forget that Double one. Double invalid. Okay, well, I'll do my last one. And for those of you who follow me on Twitter, you definitely saw this one. Uh, in fact, I posted this on Twitter. It has 176,000 impressions, 3,726 engagements. 1,478 detail expands. I've had 489 people visit my profile <laughs> after looking at this trade. I got 531 likes, 66 retweets, and 185 comments on this trade. So I just I put this out there on Sunday as I was preparing, or Saturday when I was preparing um, a piece for Bright Side of the Sun. And essentially, it's a three-team trade with a lot of big names. In this one, we send Chris Paul to the Philadelphia 76ers. The Philadelphia 76ers send James Harden in a sign and trade because he's going to be somebody who's going to opt out of his player option. They send him to the Chicago Bulls and the Suns in return get DeMar DeRozan and Alex Caruso. So you get Frank Vogel reunited with Alex Caruso on the defensive uh, side of things. You get DeMar DeRozan who could play your three. Uh, so the Suns mid-range mafia becomes even deeper and deeper with DeMar DeRozan. And you send... Chris Paul again to the 76ers in a hope in their eyes that 
Daryl Morey can be reunited with the guy that he had with the Los Angeles Clippers, and he can provide some guidance and leadership and that and the guidance and leadership that James Harden could never do there. So with Embiid, with Tobias Harris, with um, a young uh, Maxi next to him, Maxi essentially becomes your you know your your offensive two guard who can score at will, and CP3 is just kind of filling it up. Thoughts on this trade? It's interesting because when you look at the Sixers, um, you're like, Chris Paul, why would they take him on, right? You had James Harden. That didn't work out. Then you look at the Nuggets, and I'm not saying that Embiid is Jokic, and they're very different. But if you just want the big dominant guy and like some other dudes around them to succeed and try to help him win a championship, Chris Paul would be a great addition, I think. Um, mm-hmm. He would be a guy that wouldn't have to handle the ball a lot. Embiid would. Would he stay healthy? I don't know. Um, the Bulls, James Harden. That's kind of difficult. I just don't know what the Bulls are really doing. So <laughs> just because I I don't know. I, I would be I wouldn't be surprised if this happened just because the Bulls would take on James Harden in that contract and it'd be a good fit. And I like it for the Suns only because Caruso too. I like the addition. If it was DeMar, that's great, but just the addition of Alex Caruso to fill up the point guard spot, it's perfect. Yeah, that's where other guys. That's where I kind of started when I built this trade. Is how do I get Caruso on this team? And you know, I looked at it and I was just like, you know what? Let's just let's spice things up. Let's do a three-team trade because we all know that three-team trades happen all the time. I will say by tweeting this out, there's a whole new section of 76ers and Bulls Twitter that think I'm an idiot and dumb and <laughs> will never give a <laughs> shit. About I got so I got I got ripped apart for this one as well. I yeah, should. You know, well, again, you should make sure you you look at those tweets. You put them on the mirror as motivation. Get up and just look at it and be like, you're an idiot, John, for that tweet or, you know, for that trade. If only I you cared. Know, take it to heart. Nine I people would. bookmarked it on Twitter. So there's nine people who are like, oh, I'm going to I'm gonna save that for when the time's right. When and it I'm happens. Like, yeah, when it happens, yeah. I'm like, this guy was right. You know, again, it's, it's an imperfect trade, especially with the James Harden piece going to Chicago. I, I understand that. But I do think that. He could fit for that team, though. It could be. It potentially yeah. could be. And we got to see and, and ask the question about, you know, the titty bars in Chicago. What what are they like? Uh, does James like the titty bars in Chicago? If so, maybe that's yeah. a, that's a selling point. I don't know. But he's definitely somebody who says that, you know, he doesn't want to come back next year. So he's the, he's lev- the, the leverage is kind of being lost for Daryl Morey and the Philadelphia 76ers. So you got to navigate something. You got to you know sell hard on that and see if you can get something in return. Get If you're going to get something, get Chris Paul. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I like it. I like the three team, you know, he expanded I th- yeah, it. I, like I thought, it. thought I'd throw one out there. What do you got? What do you, what, what do you got? Right. I will say real quick, one. real quick, yeah. the, the book of John in the pro in the chat. Do you guys have a Celtics deal for Brogdon? What were we talking about last night at dinner? <laughs> Mike, do you have a Celtics one? Cause I don't have a Celtics one. Yeah. 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 But, um, the, we did talk about like a Robert Williams one last time. Some jamster, I forget who it was, brought up Robert Williams, and I think it was it wasn't Brogdon. I think it was Marcus Smart. Yes, for DeAndre Ayton or something. Yes. I'm like, ooh, wow, yeah. that's a good one. We'll, we'll save one. that for the Brogdon. I'm trade. over Brogdon. I liked them two years ago. I'm done. Yeah, Maybe last year. too too injury prone in my opinion. But oh, anyways, yeah. you get nothing. All my right, final yes. one, jamsters. You ready for this? This one Bring gets it. crazy. Hold on to your butts. Oh, it's I'm, the same one. <laughs> what Bojan Bogdanovic <laughs> and Killian Hayes for Chris Paul? That's crazy. <laughs> Ooh, dude, I should label these ones. All right. So <laughs> show mine are labeled. Yeah. So the Hawks. And this one is a... labeled. You labeled it Hawks. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> this one is labeled. Yeah. I just was too excited. All right. So here we go. Trey Young, an unsatisfied 
superstar with the Hawks. They're talking about maybe he wants out. All right, so I got to go after him. You get Chris Paul and DeAndre over to the Hawks, and then we get John Collins, who was always in trade talks for the Suns, and we get Trey Young, right? Yep, yep. Absolutely amazing. This is, wow. I think, this is a total win for the Suns. If this were to actually happen, this is a freaking hit it out of the ballpark grand slam, right? No, not at all. You don't, you don't want Trey Young and John Collins on this. Team no, with Kevin Durant, Devin Booker. Here's why. You want to know why? Yes. No. What? Because if you do this trade, what did I say at the front end of this podcast? It's irresponsible to have four $30 million or more contracts on your roster with the new CBA. Irresponsible. This one, John Collins is making, what, 26? But then you, what you're going to have is you're going to have three $40 million contracts and a $26 million contract, and all of them are like long contracts. So you're not you can have that. You can have Trey Young... Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, John Collins, and you will have nothing else on this team. It will be yeah. scraps, scrappy dappy doos. Scotty, don't. Yeah, but if you have that as your four, that's pretty good, right? Do you not yeah, like Trey until Young John that Collins much? sprains his finger? I hate Trey. That you happens. Know that, I know. You I know, know this man. I know, but contracts don't matter. Mad Ishbia is going to spend they a lot of money. Do. Aprons don't matter to this guy. They do. No, it's not. The, it's not it the does fact matter. That the money it doesn't does matter. matter. It's but not the gonna, fact. If you can do the buyout that's thing, the whole thing, that doesn't matter. That's the whole thing with the new CBA. It's not about the money not mattering anymore. It's if you go over the second tax apron, you you're cutting off your legs. You can't do mid level exceptions. You can't yeah. hit the buyout market. And we talked about that, right? The buyout market doesn't really matter. There hasn't been anybody who was who was brought onto a team in the buyout market that made a substantial impact in the playoffs that they ultimately won a championship since I don't know when, but still you're when you hit that second tax apron, when you're standing in the kitchen with nothing but a second tax apron on you are, you're fucked because you, you hamper your ability to just make simple transactions. And that's why they've done that in the past. They're like, okay, well you'll pay more money. And then these billionaires are like, I don't give a shit. I'll pay more money. And they're like, okay, well, now you pay even more money. They're like, I don't give a shit. Now they're like, okay, now you can't make a transaction. You can't fill your roster. And they're like, Scotty, don't. Okay. No, that's fine. So I'm just saying I, that. That's my Yeah, yeah. but three names like that. Trey Young, Devin Booker, Kevin. That's exciting. All right? This is all about excitement. Just the billboards, the lights, you know, the cameras on them running out of the tunnel with the smoke. CL Oracle, can you Oracle see that? Thinks of you. I can see it. I can see it. And I can see um, the smoke you know going. What? Yeah, and you would have what the twenty million to get other dudes. You can do that. Just look what the Heat are doing. If the Heat, I told you last night, if the Heat win the finals, you can do anything as long as you have a killer on your team and a good coach. You can have any team you want now and win the finals. Yeah, I mean it's true. If the Heat win it all, everybody's just throwing the playbook out there, and there's like it's gonna whatever. Happen. None Trae of Young's coming to Phoenix, so okay. get ready. Well, there you go. There you go. Well, Jamsters, let us know in the chat which one of your trades or our trades you think is the best i i think your first one's the best one the boyan i really do i think the boyan and killian hayes because that's what you're going to get you know i'm sitting yeah. there and I, I got these illusions of grandeur where we're going to get somebody back that actually makes sense when it comes down to a trade when you do one for two you typically give away the best part of that trade and you're going to get back boyan bogdanovich who's a, a, a solid player and i like him and killian hayes who's not and i don't like him and that's just the way it's going to go, and we're going to have to yeah. accept that. So I, I think that that's, uh, that's the winner in my book is the Detroit trade, Matthew. Cool. At least we got one. Okay. One down. Oh, now, we're, it. 
we'll see we'll see next time you know when we do deandre Ayton, kind of what's going on there that's gonna be fun oh you know it's gonna be fun. i want him to stay now <laughs> oh geez uh we're such schizophrenic sons fans yeah, aren't we, we? We're just like, eh, I don't want him to stay, but I want him to stay. But I don't know if I want him to stay, but like, he kind of makes sense. But let's talk about some other things going on in the NBA. Thoughts. In the of our- um, brains? So a couple new things when it comes to the Phoenix Suns. One, it has been reported that the Phoenix Suns have re-signed Kevin Young. He will be the associate head coach and be the highest paid coach uh, associate head coach assistant in the NBA with over $2 million in annual salary. And what's interesting about that, that sheer fact, that sheer number, and, and, and just so you know, guys, it doesn't affect the cap, but 2 million is more than Bismack Biombo, TJ Warren, Damian Lee, Josh Akogi, Jock Landell, Terrence Ross, and Ish Wainwright made last season. That's what the Phoenix Suns and Matt Ishbia did to keep Kevin Young in Phoenix. Good move or bad move, Matthew? I think it's good because I think what happened is Ishbia is like, hey, look, book, look, this is what's going to happen. You like, you like um, KY Jelly, but we're actually going to, we're going to take Vogel because it's, it's me and the front line, dude. I can't just get KY here with you guys. You, Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, I can't have him lead you to a championship. That doesn't sound realistic, but I'm going to get a guy in here that's one that has the experience, but we're going to keep Kevin Young, a guy you like and all the fans like because we threw it out on Twitter. We threw the three candidates out. We saw that everyone loved Kevin Young. Mm-hmm. Why? Who knows? Who knows how good he's going to be, obviously. No one but talked about him no, this time last year or even yeah, during no the season. Even, <laughs> what did I say? He looks like a head coach. Doesn't he? That head yeah. of hair. And that's that's the reason that I want him as a coach. Um, but I think it's just good to keep that guy on the – I think it's just – it's a solid move just to keep the cohesion a little bit. A little bit. I mean, you're basically going to be starting from scraps with Booker yes. and Kevin Durant, but – Keep something. It's not going to be all brand new. So that's the positive point that I'm looking at with him staying. I'm excited that he's here. Yeah, I think it's a fantastic. And I don't move. know why. When you have Frank Vogel, who's a defensively minded coach, and now you are holding on to Kevin Young, Young, who is known for his X's and O's ability, who's known as an offensive guru, if you will, you you rejoice at the fact that we got it. We have the ability to keep both. You know, who for those of you who are, you know talking about, well, it's great for continuity. As Matthew mentioned, there is no continuity. We're going to flip at least 70% of the roster. Like, what continuity? All the, you know, what Devin Booker knows that he can continue to do his pregame stretches the way that he likes because Kevin Young's okay with it. Like, if you're okay with that and that's a deciding factor for you, then good for you. But I think that that was a, that that was a pure dub. That was a dub keeping him. And then it was announced today and Adrian Warjanowski let us all know that the Phoenix Suns are hiring jazz assistant Jazz associate GM David Fisdell is an assistant coach. Sources tell ESPN Suns made a significant financial play for Fisdell and drew upon his history with new coach Frank Vogel and GM James Jones. Fisdell is a former head coach with Knicks and Grizzlies. So, again, the keywords there a significant financial play. So, again, Ishby is throwing that big dick money around and being like, hey, I'm going to pay you so to not be the assistant GM but to simply be another resource for this team. So before that, before we've hit the draft, before we've hit free agency, and before we've hit the trade market, we have three solid coaching pieces with plenty of time to sit around and talk about offensive and defensive philosophies. One of them is an assistant GM, so he's got some, kind of some hookups there. He was the assistant GM to Danny Ainge with the Utah Jazz. I think this is another big win for the Phoenix Suns. 
Yeah, yeah. And they're definitely winning me back. You know, Fizdale's a name that we kind of liked a few years ago yeah. after the Memphis thing. Um, he's been an assistant basically his whole career, winning two championships with the Heat, uh, and then LeBron, obviously. I I like it. I mean, it's the experience, it's a it's a good face, it's a good name to have on the bench. Um, it's just crazy. Like Ishby is like, if I can't buy these players, I'm just gonna I'm get coaches and coach the players that we're gonna pay less, you know what I mean, to make this team better. Like, look what the Heat are doing, right? So I think it's great. I think it's an awesome move. I think everyone's very happy with it. So, so far, I mean, he's he hit it out of the ballparks with who was available as a head coach with Frank Vogel. Everyone pretty much liked it. Yeah. You know, and then Kevin Young coming back. Now Fizdale's here. Looks good. It looks really good. Nothing, it's nothing too crazy, but it, I think it's pretty outstanding in my eyes. But it's not like it's it's anything too crazy. But I think that... um going forward it's kind of stable now right we're heading into the offseason and stuff you have your guys and that's the exciting mm-hmm. part for me is that you have everybody ready and we can go in the offseason get who we want to get and then go into training camp and hit it hard dude i'm excited for the season now i remember the last few podcasts i was like ah, i'm so insecure with this team now i'm just kind of back now i'm kind of like pumped up ready for next year well the foundation is set and there's so yeah. many more moves that lie ahead but as long as that foundation set you're going into it with a sense of confidence now obviously this next month and a half is going to be absolutely paramount to the the success of the Phoenix Suns next season. And then we get that long, like, two-and-a-half-month layoff where we're just sitting around. We do a podcast a week, and we're just like, so it's still hot in Arizona. Tell me about that, Scotty. <laughs> no, but for now, like, yeah. yeah, Sitting here today on June 5th at 8.40 p.m. Arizona time, local, I'm extremely excited and confident with where this the direction of this team is headed. There's so many more factors that lie ahead, but I mean, that's how I feel. Other news around the NBA, LeBron James is being rumored around, you know, Kyrie Irving's trying to court him and have him come out to Dallas. So if they're, if it's Luca, Kyrie Irving and LeBron James, what do you think of that team? Why? What are you doing? (laughs) The names? I, I, I just don't get this. I, I know the names, the age and all that. It just doesn't make sense to me. Even the Kyrie thing going to Dallas was bad. You knew it just wouldn't really work out. Give it another year if you want, but no, it's not going to work out with Luka. Let Luka do his thing. Stop bringing these big superstars over there. Give him some some good players next to him, like a Jokic, mm-hmm. what he needs. It's the same exact thing. I hate it, and I hate the Mavericks. I don't like Luka, obviously, but if that happens, I would actually be happy as a yeah. Suns fan because that would fuck everything up. What they had with Luka and everything going forward – perfect it's a perfect guy to start your franchise with don't destroy it don't just start adding these contracts and bringing in old guys that just have big names like lebron he's amazing but still you can't have those two there's almost the same exact player right don't you think well 100 and i know that part of this and i'm assuming that part of the courtship with kyrie irving and his former teammate in lebron james is i know that you're 38 going on 39 I know you're at the back end of your career. I know that you're looking to take a step back. And the challenge that he had this season with the Los Angeles Lakers, he he just couldn't do that with that team. He had to step up too often, and ultimately it cost him in the Western Conference Finals because of how gassed he was and he would be. And he couldn't rely on anybody, Anthony Davis included. Kyrie's probably sitting there be like, yo, Bronny, come on over here. You're not going to have to play as hard. We got Luka the Don. He's going to have the ball the majority of the time. I'm going to have the ball the majority of the time. We just need you to turn it up and be LeBron James when you want to be LeBron James. And if this was to happen, I would just start slow clapping. 
for the same reason that I started slow clapping when Kyrie Irving went to the Dallas Mavericks. Because from a roster construction standpoint, it just doesn't make any sense. You have one guy who's tops in the league in usage percentage and another guy who needs to be top five in the in the league for usage percentage to be effective. Now you have LeBron James, who could be at the back end of his career and willing to take that step back and ride out his last couple seasons being a third guy. And I think if it's LeBron James, that's a good that's a good tactic. That's a good selling tactic for any team to do. Say, hey, come here and just relax, man. Like we got this. But with those two players, it just doesn't make sense because of the way that they they lack cohesion, because of their lack of defense. Like if LeBron's going to go anywhere, if he wants to opt out, I, I, I don't know the specifics of his contract. I think he's is, – is he a non-guaranteed? What is he this upcoming season? Jamsters. I'll, I'll pull it up right now on a good old spot track. Always have a spot track ready to go. But LeBron James is – he's purple. What the fuck is purple? He's a player option next year. He's an estimate. What the fuck is an estimate? Even LeBron James. But he's estimated to make 46-9. If he opts out of that, which I think he can – then he comes out, come to Phoenix on a mid-level LeBron. That's come the thing I was going to ask you. No, Frank but Vogel. Like, what team Dave, wants and, LeBron? I know it's the name. It's great. But like, if I don't want LeBron in Phoenix, I just don't anymore. So but he's under contract he is what everybody's the, saying. He at, came back. An estimated okay. 46-9. So yeah, he's, he came back from the injury early this year. Maybe he has a good stellar year next year. Nah, if LeBron's rumored to Phoenix, I'm all for it. Get him over here. <laughs> you know, you know but if he's willing to be like, take a step back, LeBron, which he could do. But yeah, I think essentially the way that it would work is Kyrie Irving's a free agent. So he's saying, hey, if you come over here, if we can get you to Dallas, I'll come and play for the Mavericks for a mid-level exception. Yeah, I'll come in and make less money if you are here. That's most likely his, his modus operandi. And if they make it happen, great. Great, good, because that will be a fucking shit show, and I'm here for it. Yeah, I am to keep in like LeBron, where he's gonna go, he's gonna want to play with the Sun the following year, so yeah. he's probably gonna go to a team that's like, well, we're gonna get like the last pick. I I feel like his son will probably be in the second round or something, right? So I guess it doesn't matter. Yeah, when the, where the team picks, it doesn't. You can trade up and get him wherever yeah. you want. NBA Finals. Any thoughts on the NBA Finals? I know we watched not one minute yesterday. No. We were at a birthday party slash graduation party at the Old Spaghetti Factory, which does not have great food uh, down there in Chandler. I feel, yeah. And shout out to David Lissy. And you bought your own food, but bought my food. But, dude, these jamsters and you, John, is there a good Italian food place out there left? Oh, God, yes. Tutti Santi. 64th okay. Street and Greenway. Send me to one because I just need some good M- Michelinas over there. After on that, like I'm like, this is like Shea. home cooked. This is like home cooked from the 90s spaghetti and meatballs. Not even that good. 90s yeah, was, spaghetti. Yeah, I got like the chicken parm and they're like, yeah, it was like 90s spaghetti and they just threw on some, I mean, like pre- prego. They're just like, here you go. There's some prego. So I'm like, <laughs> yeah, wow, I waited 40 minutes nothing. for that. And it's like the waiter was like dollars. yelling at us. Yeah, the waiter walking. You're like, hey. Hey, who got this? Who got chicken parm? I'm like, oh, I think it was me. I don't know if it was, yeah, but I'll take know. it. So you stop yelling at all of us. It's like you're like that's food. That's spumoni. That's spumoni <laughs> ice cream. Oh, okay. I just yeah, I thought it, it was, was fun though. I it thought was it was fun. Neapolitan. He's like, no, spumoni, you son of a bitch. Yeah, <laughs> it was intense. It I was, was like, intense. I'll tip you. More. And then we got the firing squad after, so it was a good night. That was a dessert. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the NBA Finals thoughts. One yeah, one I'm now. Excited. Heat, I'm excited. The, the Heat it's, came back and found a way to win, yeah, man. Fucking Eric it Spolstra. Is, it's one of those things where it's like, um, you know, the Nuggets are up, and then 
five minutes later, you talk, you tell me like, oh wait, Heat are up six now or seven? Yeah, like there they the are. Nugget, the I don't know what up. happens. It's, Duncan it's Robinson same, having dude. Oh yeah, yeah. But it's the same. I know. But it's like the same thing with like Kevin Young. It's like I'm excited to have him back. But there's just like this thing. It's like I don't know how the Heat are doing it. I know guys get hot. Of course they're making their shots. But they're just doing it, and they're just gonna do it. And it's probably gonna go to Game Seven. They just no one can figure it out. Guys get hot, of course, but it's like they're still beating the Nuggets. The way I look at it is, my series prediction was Nuggets in five. There you go. Miami got their one. Okay. Fair. <laughs> Childhood trauma. All right, I think Jam Miami series. can go up three to one, but I think it's gonna be two two. We'll see. We'll see okay. on uh, when's the next game tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, sweet. I'm looking forward to that. I'm excited. All right, childhood trauma jamsters. So for those of you who are new, to, for those of you who are new to the podcast, like first of all, like welcome. If you're new to this podcast and you're deciding to watch us in June and there's no Suns basketball, like kudos to you. Appreciate you yeah, joining us. You. Make sure you subscribe. We're so close to three thousand subscribers on YouTube. Like, please, just maybe you could be you. Maybe it could you who can get us there. But one of the segments we like to do when we have nothing less to talk, nothing else to talk about is childhood trauma, where Matthew and I sit around and we just shoot the shit about bad things that happened to us in our childhood. So love it. I thought of a I thought of a topic the other day and I, I shared it with you. And I don't know if you're ready with the story. Uh, but tell me about a time throughout your childhood when you were a dick. When you were the you you're not the we've had plenty of stories where we're talking about us as the victims. What's happened to us? When were you a dick, Matthew? Well, you want to go first. I absolutely will go first. You go first. Tonight is uh, you first pod. Okay. Right? Okay. It's it's the John first pod. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I've noticed in my later years in life, now that I'm 40, is chairs are the bane of my existence. When I managed pools at the Westin Kierlin, I had to deal with numerous guests who were upset about ch- pool chairs. Somebody would come in early and try to reserve a chair and I would move their items for the shared enjoyment of other guests and they'd throw a hissy fit. And, well, I reserved the chair. Well, there's no reserving of the chairs. Here's the policy. Well, I didn't know that. Well, now you do. Well, it's unfair that somebody took my chair. So I'm like, I, I walk on pool decks. People about to fight each other. I need that chair for my kids. Your kids swimming the whole fucking time, you asshole. Like, you need one chair. You need one Chase Lounge chair. It's Memorial Day weekend. There's 270 <laughs> chairs. I've got 800 people out here. Like one person to a fucking chair. And now, now that I'm working in a senior living facility and I manage the restaurant on site, it's the same thing where all of the residents want to sit around one table. They'll have one table and they want to put like eight chairs around it. And I have to I have to tell them, be like, hey, listen, folks, unfortunately, it's only four people to a table because when you order food and we provide you food, we can't have the, the tables three and a half feet by three and a half feet. What do you guys think of the way? Well, we just want everyone to be feel included and be a part of the community. I'm like, cool, go sit on the couch. Like I, this is a restaurant. I'm trying to, you, you don't, you know, like you don't go to a restaurant and then like you see your buddy and you're like, yeah, bring over four, four more chairs. And everyone's like, yeah, sure. We can do that. They're like, no, yeah. dude, we need those chairs for other guests. So anyways, I was thinking about this recently. And the reason that chairs are the bane of my existence is one of the things that I used to do back when I was a younger lad was when people were getting ready to sit down, I would kick the chair out from underneath them and they would fall on the ground and I would laugh. One of my best friends, I remember doing it to him in seventh grade, right in the right in front of class. He went down and got up and just dead armed me. And I felt it. He was a strong, a strong kid. 
And I remember one time while watching a Suns playoff game at Max Sports Grill, which no longer exists. I think it's a Whataburger now over there on Scottsdale and Thomas. But that's where I spent the majority of the seven seconds or less era Suns playoff games was going to the Max Sports Grill. It was Famous Sam's before that. And there was one time where they had the big projector screen right in the center of the restaurant. And my buddies and I, we had the center table right in front of it. My One of my uh, brother's friends was there. Not somebody I was really a fan of. And he was going to sit down. And right before he sat down with his big 24-ounce beer in his hand, I kicked the chair out from Nethem. So as he went down, the beer hit the table and then spilt all <laughs> over him in front of the entire restaurant. It's a dick move. I know it. Didn't like the guy, but still a dick move. And I bought him a beer. I apologize. Bought him a beer. The guy still to this day would not does not talk to me, and I'm a okay with it because he was kind of a douchebag. But still, it's karma. And the reason that chairs are the bait of my existence is because again, when I was a younger lad, I was a dick, and I thought it was funny as fuck that somebody's getting ready to sit down. <laughs> I just kick it out from beneath and just go bam down. Yeah, that's me. Oh man. Yeah, Chairs, Scott. Scott Lee, Lee, Who would have thought? It's karma, Voida. You have to make it right, Scott. I don't know how because all I hear about is my residents complaining about chairs everywhere I go. <laughs> my nightmares about chairs. <laughs> yeah, they're all click, 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 click when you're trying to go to sleep, like, like dancing around. <laughs> Chairs like mops and brooms or whatever. Fantasia oh. style. So yeah, that's that, a that, that's, that's a, a good one. trauma from when yeah. all the way back. Karma is your boyfriend for sure. Yeah, yeah. Karma is my boyfriend. <laughs> You know what? I was actually, I'm not a saint. Um, I, I don't think I wasn't really a dick. I was really always very, very shy, obviously. And I was very shy as a kid. I never made fun of a lot of kids. I didn't. I think I called one kid fat once and I felt terrible about it. Were you looking at I used to be called fat all the time when I was little. So, um, you know what? I could just say 18 years old, 19 years old, not a child. But when I worked at Lowe's, <clears throat> this is all I have. So, I okay. Okay. It's not even that good. Uh, when I worked at Lowe's, um, you know, I had a hard time growing up. I was very immature. And I didn't know this, but, you know, I was working there for a couple of years. And my boss brought me into his office. And he's like, hey, uh, sit down. He's like, he's like, hey, um, so everyone thinks you're like, you're an asshole. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, yeah, you're kind of an asshole. And I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like. He's like, yeah, stop being an asshole. I was thinking about it. I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I guess those jokes and stuff, the way I, you know, interact with the people and they were like, wow, that guy's a dick. Why is you know, rude remarks? I think you might know, John, what yeah. they're talking about. Yeah. He's just like, uh, yeah, you're pretty much you're a dick. And I'm like, okay, I'll stop it. So that helped. And it was nice. It was nice. You know, and I think if 10,000 people are calling you an asshole, you're probably an asshole. You need to straighten up a little bit and stop being an asshole. So that kind of set me straight. So if you're a manager, John, you are, and if someone's mm -hmm. being an asshole, just tell them, hey, you're being an asshole. And everyone yeah. thinks you're an asshole. The best bumper sticker, too, ever is um, God loves you, but everyone else thinks you're an asshole. So <laughs> that's a heart. But that's it. That's that's it. So maybe I was a dick when I was little and I didn't know until I was working at Lowe's. My manager finally told me that I was an asshole. So, well, I asked my mom that once recently i go mom and i am at am i an asshole and she goes yeah you're an asshole i go okay <laughs> you know at least you know mom, mom will keep it real with you I go, i'm like so maybe i'm not a dick i'm more of an asshole and my i asked my little brother the same question i go am i an asshole he goes yeah you're an asshole I go, yeah well you're a little bitch 
Yeah. And he goes, oh, yeah. I go, and do you know what makes you a little bitch? He goes, I don't know, but that's why you're an asshole. And I go, okay, fair point. Yeah. <laughs> and that's like the same exchange I would have with my brother if we did curse at each other. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah, he's a dick. And then I'm probably a bitch to him. So <laughs> that's yeah. how it goes. Yeah. Little, little brother syndrome. So, mm-hmm. well, there you go, Jamsters. There's your childhood trauma for the week. I hope, you know, for those of you who are listening in the off season, you earn that one. If you ever see me, just don't talk to me about chairs. It's a whole, it's a, clearly a sore subject with me. And it's been really bother me the other i was just thinking about the other i'm like fuck that's what i get for knocking that kid's beer all over him right in the middle of a playoff game we won that game though i will say that i'm like hey i need to bring him back and do this again i i I honestly blame the suns not advancing the 2005 playoffs because he wasn't there uh during the against the mavericks um so i blame i blame him so anyways (laughs) jamsters that's all we got for this show again thank you for hanging out with us (laughs) make sure you subscribe rate and review even if we're assholes go ahead and give us uh, one of those thumbs up and, and please subscribe on the YouTube side. Uh, if you go to again to Caesars Sportsbook, use Suns Jam Full when you place your first bet. It will be insured up to $1,250. And join us on Thursday. We're going to be doing the, uh, we're going to be breaking down all of the free agent market shooting guards. So obviously a need for the Phoenix Suns that doesn't really necessarily exist except for depth. We're not going to, you know, that was a challenge we're talking about when we did the point guards. When you're talking about point guards, you're playing the what if game. Well, if CP3 is here, are you going for a top tier guy in the free agent market? Well, we know Devin Booker is going to be here. So what, how are we going to fill out that position behind him? So make sure you tune in on Thursday for that podcast. That's all I got, Matthew. So don't be an asshole. Yeah, don't be an asshole. Go home and love your assholes. Word. <laughs>